0: Hello and welcome to the Alberta First Podcast. I'd like to start off by talking about the half a trillion dollar risk the federal government has decided to undertake during the middle of this pandemic. Conservative MP Pierre Polyev brought it to light on April 10th, 2021 during a Zoom questioning period. Now you can view the clip on his YouTube channel and I highly recommend that you do. There is a link in the description. During this questioning period, it was revealed that the Liberal government decided to act as an insurance broker for over $500 billion of mortgage payments. And they did this through a bank, a federally owned bank called CMHC or Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation. Okay, so now this government-owned entity, this bank, that decided to insure half a trillion dollars worth of mortgage payments is ran by a Liberal Member of Parliament called Ahmed Hussein, who was born in Somalia, believe it or not. now. Just to get an idea of this half a trillion dollar mortgage scheme that Ahmed Hussein has approved in 2008, our federal government under Stephen Harper owed one trillion dollars in federal debt. Okay. So this $500 billion mortgage scheme is a problem that is half of what our national debt was in 2008. Okay. Now under Trudeau, the gross federal debt has literally doubled to 2.3 trillion dollars in gross debt now net debt it's about two trillion dollars but our gross debt is 2.3 trillion dollars today right now okay now alberta in no way wants to be part of this half a trillion dollar insurance scheme okay because it is absolutely destroying the housing market throughout Canada if you can believe it or not and we are very lucky in a sense because most of the assets that the government has managed to hyperinflate with this reckless reckless mortgage insurance policy are located in Ontario and in the provinces east of Ontario okay the houses that comprise most of this half a trillion dollar mortgage debt are actually located particularly in the Atlantic provinces along the east coast now we can see that the average house price Before COVID in the Atlantic Provinces was quite a bit cheaper than it is now. Before COVID, the average price in the Atlantic Provinces, like just the average price of all the provinces over there put together, was $240,000 before the pandemic. And now, after the pandemic, the average house in all those provinces is being sold for over $300,000. Okay? What happened in this one year that would cause housing house prices to surge so much there's a lot of evidence that points towards a uh, a housing market that is losing value okay the fact that our economy sucks right now the fact that there's not a lot of jobs the fact that the jobs that we have are not productive jobs right Um, a lot of the jobs that we have are in the service industry such as uh, waitresses bartenders, uh, dishwashers, um, and when you, are uh, even a cashier or a gas pump attendant, see these are services, service jobs and they do not produce a lot of money, right? You're not producing a lot and therefore these jobs get paid very little, okay? There is nothing about these jobs that is productive enough to justify $300,000 houses in the East Coast, okay? Now, for example, New Brunswick, the cheapest province on the East Coast to get a house, you could buy a house before COVID for $188,000 on average in New Brunswick, the cheapest province on the East Coast to buy a house. Now, an average house in New Brunswick one year later is $220,000. I believe it's actually two hundred and twenty four thousand dollars. So it's just a little over two hundred twenty grand. And it used to be a year ago, one hundred and eighty eight thousand dollars. Okay, before COVID-19 Halifax, the capital of of Nova Scotia had the average house selling for three hundred thousand dollars. Okay, and now during the pandemic, these exact houses are being sold for up to eight hundred thousand dollars in Halifax, Nova Scotia. That's more than a 200% increase during a pandemic. And like I said, there is no reason for houses to double in price. There's no reason for houses to go up 30% or 60% in price, which is exactly what the average house is doing, is going up between 20 to 60%, right? Like that's normal for a house to go up 60%. It's also normal for a house to go up uh, as little as 25%. Right, and that's insane. Here we have examples where houses are going up by over two hundred percent. Right now, these this information I'm getting from two articles. One's from the National Post. I have the link in the description. The title is quote Real estate in Atlantic Canada in a whirlwind of demand with prices blowing sky high end quote. And the other article. is, Is from the financial post not the national post from the financial post and its title is quote Atlantic Canada's housing market on fire as buyers from across the country swoop in to snap up homes okay now in the title of this second article we can see that it is indicating that people from outside Atlantic provinces are coming in to buy houses and pushing up the, the, the housing market, right? This is because they all have extra money from Trudeau's handouts, right? Um, I have this other article from Remax. This one's from 2019. And again, all these articles are about the Atlantic provinces. And this one from Remax is also specifically about the Atlantic provinces. And one of the biggest eye-opening points in this is, quote, First-time buyers in the Atlantic were a driving force in almost seventy percent of markets surveyed. End quote. Okay, so first-time home buyers are clearly the least experienced people in the housing market, right? So why are the most inexperienced people being the main driving force behind the housing market on the East Coast, right? And I think one of the most obvious observations that we can make about this statement is the fact that if you're doing this for the first time, you're an amateur. And what do we know about amateurs? They're also called noobs, right? they amateurs are not professionals. They do not know what they're doing. Okay. So it says something very big about this whole scheme and the market that has resulted because of this scheme, right? amateurs that don't know what they're doing are participating right and veterans that know what they're doing that have their second or third or fourth or fifth house these people who are veterans are not participating in this market as buyers right these people are selling their houses right so and that should say a lot right so if you think that the people that are first-time home buyers know what they're doing buying houses in this market then what does that mean? What does that say about people that are veterans and know what they're doing, right? Are are you saying that, uh, so if you believe that people buying houses for the first time know what they're doing, then by default, you're assuming that people who own houses and have decided to stay out of this market don't know what they're doing and that's wrong, right? It's obvious that the people who have done this before know what they're doing and they're trying to get all their chips off the table right now. And this same article goes on to say, quote, Newfoundland and Labrador and New Brunswick are seeing an influx of people returning home after working in Alberta's oil field sector. So how th- this only goes back to the first point that this article was making, and it's that amateur, amateurs are buying the housing market, okay? It's not the people that are coming back from Newfoundland with no job. They're not that are coming back from Alberta with no job. Those people are not buying houses, right? So this is a bubble because the inflated assets are far above market value. Now, the inflated assets is obviously the housings, the house, right? And the reason that the housing market was so cheap on the East Coast before the government got involved and before COVID Is because the economy in the East Coast is relatively poor, right? There aren't very many jobs year-round in the Atlantic and the jobs that exist year-round do not pay very well, right? The average income in Newfoundland is $55,000 a year and this is the highest average income out of all the Atlantic provinces. That's poor! That is poor, man. That is a shitty income. Now, the second highest average income goes to New Brunswick, and they make a whole ten percent less on average every year, right? So in New Brunswick, the average man makes about fifty thousand dollars a year, and in Nova Scotia, where they have the highest housing market, the most expensive housing market on the East Coast, they are they come in at third place, so second last. They only make more money than Prince Edward Island. That's terrible. And Nova Scotia has an average annual income of $47,800. So that's almost $48,000 and like I was saying, these are terribly low wages. And number one, it has nothing to do with Alberta. This is not Alberta's fault. Nothing that we do keeps your wages low, right? We actually provide an opportunity for the East Coasters and I don't feel like they're very grateful. Um, And now we can see that these East Coasters are going to destroy the country and they don't even know that they're doing it. The problem with this program is that I'll get into that in a second. Okay? so the first reason that this is all doomed to fail is because it's a bubble. Right. And the second reason this is doomed to fail. And really, the second reason is the nail in the coffin. Or should I say this second reason is the nail that will prick the bubble? Okay? And the, the the nail that's gonna prick the bubble is simply the fundamentals of the business model, right? Inflating housing prices and inflating the housing market with dollars in debt and then offering to pay for everything as the insurance broker, if it comes crashing down, which of course it's going to come crashing down, is a poor business model, right? If you set something up to come crashing down, and then set yourself up to pay for it at an inflated price, you're going to be stuck holding an inflated asset. And when you go to sell this asset, you will lose money, but you're, you're actually losing money when you have to pick up the payments and pay for the asset, right? Who Forget about that. You're going to lose money when it comes time to sell the asset and try to recoup your losses. You're going to go into double losses. So. How can you possibly believe that this business model works? You know, the loans that they're giving out are damn near interest free, right? And the worst part of it all is that the federal government actually forces you to use their insurance. And here's a quote from the CMHC Wikipedia page, quote, mortgage loan insurance is mandatory for federally regulated lenders in Canada. When the buyer of a home has less than a 20% down payment. This is brutal. That is a death blow. That is a death sentence right there. You are forcing banks to accept, you know, mortgage applications when they know that they will never be paid the whole mortgage. Right. And the only reason they're doing it is because the government is insuring these, these, these business decisions. Right. So... The RBC, TD Canada, Scotiabank, all those big major banks are issuing issuing out these mortgages and the government bank of CMHC is insuring these mortgages, okay? What happens when you get this mortgage insurance is that it allows the borrower, aka the new homeowner, to get the same interest that someone who had a 20% down, 20 down payment would get right and the thing is is that to get this mortgage insurance you don't have to have any down payment it used to be that in 1999 well wait let me back up for a little minute here in 1954 if i remember correctly 1954 1956 sorry that's just a date that i memorized don't have it here on my paper the the cmhc required mandated that you needed a 25% down payment to get mortgage insurance. In 1999, they dropped that 25% down payment requirement to 5%, okay? That's crazy. That is insane and that is not cool. In 2019, Justin Trudeau, because this program wasn't working and Canada was starting to crash before COVID, Justin Trudeau started subsidizing that 5% down payment requirement. Okay, so the reason that this mortgage insurance scheme has ballooned, has inflated, has bubbled to this big, massive bubble that's about to pop of five hundred billion dollars is because the only reason it's that big is because we are subsidizing the five percent down payment that was required. Right. So while houses keep going up, we keep making it easier to buy houses that are going up right? We keep making the down payment smaller and then subsidizing it so that you don't have to pay for it so that you don't actually have to have the 5% down payment, right? And then what we're doing after that is allowing these people to not pay any interest or little to no interest on the loan that they can't even afford in the first place. So it's very sad when the government has a program that if you need it, you should not get it, right? Essentially, if you need this program, you should not get the program because it will kill you, okay? And you will bring down the whole nation with you, okay? So let me explain how quickly this manifested liberal fantasy is going to turn into a manifested national nightmare. And this, by the way, will all happen within two years. So Alberta really needs to decide if we're going to stick around for this or not. Because in two years, we are going to have to decide what we're going to do about this problem. Because the roosters will come home to roost. And this $500 billion will be grown to probably $550 to $600 billion at this time in, in two years maybe even higher god forbid it gets to 700 billion dollars you imagine that now listen the more expensive houses get and the easier the government makes it to get a mortgage for a house the higher this mortgage insurance scheme is gonna go it's if you think 500 billion dollars is like where it tops out at no 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 my friends there is no there's no top there's no limit there's no roof on this thing right the atmosphere is not even a limit for this program the space you know space is infinite and that's the limit for this program which is disgusting right and now pretty soon its very own fundamental will bring it crashing down there's just no set time frame um but like again uh it's gonna be because this is growing at an exponential rate and it's getting worser every day um we by i've calculated that in two years, in two years, we are going to have to make a decision here. Now, what's going to make this tenuous situation deteriorate at an exponential rate is the fact that it was revealed that the federal government only has 15 billion in reserve to deal with any quote, foreseeable problems, unquote. Okay, Uh, I see major foreseeable problems. The biggest foreseeable problem is $15 billion in reserve, $15 billion in reserve. You know, if we look at this $500 billion mortgage scheme, uh, 10% of that would be $50 billion. And then 5% of $500 billion is $25 billion. So at 5%, which is $25 billion, our $15 billion does not even cover that. Okay? The $15 billion CMHC has in reserve is nowhere near enough for a five percent miscalculation and like i said this mortgage insurance is getting bigger and the bigger it gets the less 15 billion dollars in reserve matters okay right now it doesn't matter 15 billion is nothing um but what's scary is that this little piece this little bit of change that doesn't matter now is going to be completely worthless in comparison here very very soon and What bothers me is that not only are we avoiding this conversation entirely, but no one is talking about the inevitable consequences of the impending defaults on the 500 billion or half a trillion in mortgages. And like I said, impending defaults. Okay. And this is what's scary. I don't think Pierre Polyev understands that this is impending. If he did he would have mentioned it more than once. And my problem is, is that he's only mentioned it once and he's the only one to have mentioned it. So like I said, no one's talking about this, right? What's going to happen when CMHC burns through its 15 billion in these next two years? You know, the liberals are going to blame Alberta. You know that, right? They're going to blame Alberta for not paying its fair share. And then they're going to raise taxes, right? but there's no way any amount of taxes will be enough to fix this problem that was created by Ottawa and the Atlantic provinces. Okay. So let me explain to you why no amount of taxes is going to solve this problem. Okay. In Alberta, there are four and a half million Albertans, right? This includes children and babies. So if every one of us, including the babies, Made $70,000 a year that would only amount to $315 billion, right? So that's a little over half of $500 billion. That's not enough. If we even had our babies working, we would not be able to save these people on the East Coast, right? $500 billion is just too big of a number, right? And we should compare it to If if we had every man, woman, and child working and producing $70,000, which is impossible, and what's going to happen is they will bleed us dry in the name of equality because that's what the equalization formula is all about. And that's what equalization transfer payments are all about. It's about distributing equality. So if Alberta's having a really good life over here and people are going broke over there in the East Coast, they're going to take money from us because in the name of equality, That's what transfer payments is all about in case you guys weren't aware. And now the problem is, is that so we just did the math and we know that four and a half million Albertans cannot produce enough money to bail these people out. So what's gonna end up happening is because the liberals can't do math, they just cannot do math. Their answer to everything is more money and their excuse for everything is that they didn't have enough funding, right? So they're going to bleed us dry and they're going to realize that they don't have the money. So while they're bleeding us dry, they're gonna realize they can't pay off their debts and they will also start printing money, devaluing our currency, right? So within two years, the government realizes essentially that 15 billion is not gonna be enough. They will simultaneously realize that they need 500 billion to bail out the defaults, the defaulted mortgages which are primarily located far outside Alberta. And because they're not located in Alberta, we are going to do very well, right? And that's going to be a problem when the people on the East Coast are doing very, very bad, right? Now, both the options of taking your money and printing money are absolutely devastating to Alberta. And I'd like to just end the podcast by reminding everybody of two things. Number one, humans are capable of change. And number two, we've learned from history that we do not learn from history. Alberta has to change because history will repeat itself and we will be continued to be drained of our purchasing power, we will be drained of our production, and we will be taxed and restrained until our freedoms will be no more. The ambitions of Ottawa will drown our ambitions as Albertans. The best thing that we can do now is secure our wealth and our freedoms for our posterity. I really, I really hope that every single one of you that's listening to me goes out there and buys a rifle. You need at least two rifles and a shotgun. You need a 12 gauge shotgun, even if it's illegal. That doesn't matter. You need one of those. You need a 308 rifle. And you need a 357 mag rifle. You need a rifle car in that's chambered in a 308 round, not anything smaller. Nothing smaller. Do not listen when someone says the 65 Creedmoor. Those are online forums that are being paid to say what they're saying. The 65 Creedmoor comes from Sweden. They used it in World War II to defend against the Russians. Um, and they killed more Russians than the Russians killed Swedes, but the Swedes still lost the war. Or maybe that was Finland. It was Finland or Sweden. It's a Nordic, it's a Nordic round. It's a Nordic caliber. Do not get it. It is smaller than a 308, does not have the punching power, and it all it has is the accuracy. But you don't want to do headshots, alright? Listen, do not get the 6 It's too expensive and it's too rare. But that's just what people are trying to trying to change America and Alberta and we don't we don't want to change America or Alberta all right so have a good one guys God bless and we'll see you on the next podcast